Okay. No, no, no. Keep, keep saying what you're saying. And if you want, I can do like the intro and then we can talk about like mime dick. Whoa, we love that. <laughs> uh, anyway, spotlight myself. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Laughing into the Void. I'm your host, Tom, and co-hosting with me tonight, as always, is the lovely Rosalind Paris. Hi! There we go. And you can watch our previous broadcasts on the District Comedy YouTube channel or listen to them on most podcast platforms. If you enjoyed the stream, please consider making a donation of any size at districtcomedy.io. Again, that's districtcomedy.io. Um, but I have performed, uh, this next comedian, wow, sorry, I just, like, read directly from your bio, so it was in the first person, but, uh, this <laughs> guest tonight has performed all over the DMV and beyond, including Trade Bar, Soundstage, the Kennedy Center, Baltimore, D.C., and Charlotte Prides, uh, he, uh, she also, uh, hosts her own podcast called We Need to Talk, second season of that will be coming out in July, and, uh, yeah, that's Pariah Sinclair. She's a drag performer, host, show producer, Baltimore for five years, known for her campy comedic performances, glamour, and height. Uh, before drag, she did, uh, stand-up in college for a few years, and now she is getting back into stand-up comedy scene and ready to make straight people feel uncomfortable again. <laughs> like we like to do. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, follow her on Instagram, at Pariah underscore Sinclair. Yeah. Thanks for being here, and let me take us out of spotlight into gallery view and get started. So, hi, hey. thanks for being here. I don't know if you wanted to finish what you were saying about mime dick bras. No, um, I was just, I was just saying we were okay for for those of you who are just tuning in. <laughs> Tom used to date a mime, and it's my favorite fact about him. So we're talking about his penis, the mime penis, like before. We started streaming and I was about to like ask, the mom's actual penis, not just like just not, for those no, listening on the podcast, I'm pantomiming like a two-handed cock. Yeah. Like, That's a really big cock. Go to I know. It's also like sad that I'm like in the process of interviewing for a children's librarian position. Well <laughs> Yes. Well, so I was gonna ask, was he really loud or really quiet when you had sex? Um Worse than both, it was it was imaginary. Uh, it could could not get it was, up. It was um, imaginary. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it, it, it was fun. We don't have to talk about that. We're here All right, to talk I'm about sorry. Mariah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes, give me attention. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We no, love no, you, no, Mariah. No. I'm sorry. I got distracted by no, the no, it's fine. Okay. But like, luckily, we also try and keep ourselves on track by always asking guests the fir same first and same last question for each show. So at least this first one should be easy for me to get out of my mouth. But um, how would you describe your sense of humor to someone who has never seen you perform? Okay, that's interesting because it's like, I feel like it's drag queen. I, there's like two types of performing, like on the mic and then like, um, like lip sync. So I would say like on the mic, if you're talking to me, um, very dry, I have a very dry sense of humor, um, with like very fast, fast, fast paced, witty, dry, and, and can get inappropriate pretty quickly. Yeah, not, not PG, not PG, not kid friendly. No, that's awesome. But that's interesting because we like, we are later going to talk about like, um, doing the drag story times, which like generally, Story times are for children, so it's funny to see that. But also, I'm very interested to hear about, like, as far as, like, feeling that, like, 
your performance style is different on like the lip sync side versus the like when you're doing stand up side. Um, just because do you feel like um, when you perform like in your shows, you try to incorporate like I've seen a lot of like funny like musical acts too. Mm-hmm. Is that a direction you tend to go, or yeah, is that so, not really your style? So I would say like when I do when I perform in drag, I do a lot of mixes. So I like it's like a lot of spoken word stuff. So it'll be either like stuff from like a YouTube video or just like whatever the concept is. Like so basically, like, for example, I did I do a number. It's like a, I call, I call it, um, my bitch mix. So it's basically um, like throughout the whole mix is just this. Um, there's this actress. Her name, her name is Erica Ash. And she had an Instagram video where she literally breaks down the word bitch and like the many ways you get like the many inflections you can say the word bitch. So I basically have that throughout the whole mix and then it goes to different songs. So it starts with like um, bitch by Meredith Brooks, um, I'm that bitch, this is a RuPaul song, um, wrong bitch, Todrick Call. I'm like, it, it's Britney bitch has gotta be in there somewhere, right? It's not. I don't do a lot of I don't I know I don't do a lot of Britney. Um, and then, then um, what is it? Uh, I'm a bitch on my boss by Doja Cat. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many. I, I mean, Doja Cat, by the way. I, I can, the good thing about doing stuff like that is I can do that mix for 10 years, but just swap in different songs that have the word bitch in it, and it will be a new mix. So. We'll always have bitches around. Exactly. Yeah. So there's stuff like that. So, like, or, but also, I'm a very campy performer. So, like, you know, anytime I can involve like poppers or a dildo. <laughs> Or, um, so I used to, so have y'all heard of like the grapefruit technique? Yes. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh um, my God. No. So yeah. So what, <laughs> I'm worried by your reaction, Raz. God, I have so, a video to show you later. Yeah. <laughs> so there is an amazing YouTube video called the grapefruit technique. And the uh, I think my favorite thing about comedy is when people are so deadpan and straight. So it was the most serious video ever. It was an instructional video of how to give a blowjob using a grapefruit. Revolutionary. <laughs> um, so I, so when I first started drag, I did a number where I like it was like a mix that had and I like I, every every time I would do the performance, I would go to the grocery store and buy grapefruit. Um, yeah, so I'm committed so to my art. Yeah, so I'm committed to my art people. But I had to stop doing the mix because I sh- shortly got sick of how um, the, the smell and taste of grapefruit. So I, yeah. honestly, it doesn't take like a long time to get sick of the taste of grapefruit. It's too bitter for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a lot, especially when it's like when I like, it's like a plastic. So I, I went to what is it, Spencer's, and I got one of like the dildo, not a real dildo, but one of the ones that have like the eyes on it, like and I got oh, okay. one of the toys that like, squeeze. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so it tastes like cheap plastic plus a grapefruit. It's not. Um, the more you describe it, the more I believe that they sell it at Spencer's. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. If you guys look far back on my Instagram, there's pictures of me, do- or I think, the- no, there's definitely pictures of me um, doing that number. And then on, on my Facebook, there's videos of me doing it. Oh, I'm going to. So, yeah, I'm like, and now I have homework for myself that I will be doing gladly. Yes. Uh, but also, everyone look up the great technique on YouTube. It's a great video. So it was made famous by the, by the movie Girlfriends. Not girlfriends, girls trip, girls trip. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Girls trip it was made famous by that. Tiffany Haddish um, did it in the movie, but the OG is the video on YouTube. Ooh, yeah, I feel like just like side note, I feel like because this show kind of came about during the pandemic, Tiffany Haddish was 
For some reason, I always want to say her last name is Hadish, and that's not how she says it, and I'm pretty sure she knows how to say her own name, but she was, like, one of the comedians who, like, I feel like... Am I correct in saying that, like, both of her specials, I feel like, either came out during the pandemic or, like, got really viral during the pandemic? Um, I would say got really viral. Um, so she did, what was that, um, her, her show, um, They're Ready, where she, yeah. where she has, like, the different... So that came out during the pandemic. And then she won a Grammy for her um, album, yeah. like, the, yeah. in February, yes. So, uh, sorry, again, just, like, a side note, but I feel like it's really cool to, like, also hear that, like, even if it's, like, a bunch of different iterations of, like, the word bitch, it's, like, I feel like I want to, like, acknowledge the fact for people who may not be familiar that, like, a lot of thought goes into these drag shows, you know? Absolutely. Like, it's not just, like, although you can throw a dildo in there. It's not just, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, making fun of, like, the art form or anything. Like, they are a legitimate art form in and of themselves. Kind totally. Of thing. Yeah. No, yeah. And I think, like, my, like, when I first started doing drag, I had to find the balance between doing, like, doing what I wanted to do with comedy, like, being campy, but also like not being, what's the word? Like, cause you, you know, when you're stand up, like, like you, you write something and you think it's super funny and, but like you only get it or something that yeah. like, you'll only get. So it's like basically taking shit that you find that's funny that you would only get, but dumbing it down basically mm -hmm. and making it like um, any audience will get it, you know, or even if yeah. they don't get the reference, they'll still enjoy it. So I think that was the challenge for me when I'm doing um, performing in drag. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you have to get really good at symbolism when you're planning like a musical drag number. Yeah, you have to get very good at, at that. And just, just like, I mean, I hate saying dumbing down, but you're basically dumbed down. Like not dumbing down, but just making it- Like just relatable and- Relatable enough where it's like, oh, it's not so niche where like, it's like where like, you, even if you don't get the reference, you'll still, you'll still laugh. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, like, so, like even if someone hasn't seen the grapefruit technique, sucking a dildo and doing, you know, going up and having grapefruit. relates to that. I remember relating yeah. to that. So everyone loves, <laughs> um, loves um, fellatio. So yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, um, no, that's really cool. Thing, oh, I, a question just like sprang to mind, but you mentioned that you use like a lot of mixes and stuff. And I've actually wondered this before. So do you like make your own mixes when you're putting together? Oh, okay, really? Yeah, I, I make, yeah, so it's um, a free app called Audacity, which I actually use to do my podcast as well. So okay. it's like a um, the sound mixing um, app. It's like GarageBand. Um, I'm, I'm, whatever, yeah, I think GarageBand. Um, so yeah, yeah, I use that. And I just, yeah, drag is a lot of stealing. So I steal a lot of, like, steal a lot of stuff on YouTube yeah. and just put it all together and to make something that kind of flows and makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so you kind of got into, um, like, we touched on your background maybe a little bit, but yeah. tell us more about it. Like, what was it like growing up, and, like, how did you first get into drag, and, like, uh, anything about, like, your upbringing and how it's influenced your comedy? Yeah. Um, okay, so we can start, like, I guess start with comedy. Um, I guess I grew up, like, in Columbia, Maryland. Um... So actually, fuck that. I'll just say like a lot of my <laughs> a lot of my comedy comes from pain. I guess I think that's really yeah. I grew up in Columbia. <laughs> I mean, from pain. 
I mean, Columbia wasn't painful, but like, you know, as a, as a, as a gay, um, I mean, obviously I wasn't out, but as someone who's very flamboyant and coming in as a child in the suburbs, you know, I was bullied. So um, coming from all of that and I think, yeah, it's a, like a lot of my comedy, especially doing stand-up, but also like doing drag, it's a lot of retrospection. Um, yeah, so like my, so I would say like my stand-up, a lot of my material is like retrospective, like my childhood and it was like, um, like, like about like why, why my mom, like my, basically my mom made me gay even though she didn't try to make me gay, you know, right. so stuff like that. Um, so yeah, a lot of retrospection, but also like I based my character um, off of like a mom, like like Pariah is like a housewife. Yeah. So because I related to like a lot of older people growing up, um, because I was the only child. My parents were forty when they had me, so um, I grew up a lot, around a lot of older people. So I didn't really relate to a lot of people my age, uh, basically. Yeah. So that's why like Pariah is like a 35 to 40 year old woman so like she's like 50. no matter how old you are exactly exactly so she will always be 35 40 years old she always lives, yeah she lives in that that age so yeah I think I'll, yeah, a lot of my growing up in um is, re is reflective in my stand-up in my comedy in my, in, in, in my drag as well okay I feel like that's so interesting though like the idea of like channeling your pain and your trauma into like something that's marketable and that you like can profit from now um and i know it's like more of the performance aspect of it yeah. but like uh it's still really cool like i checked out your website and it's like there's merch and like you're you're a brand you're which yes. is awesome uh -huh. yeah she's a brand yeah i think with drag because it's like um because it, it takes i mean when do any art like at first you just want to be good. Oh, you just want to like be able to like be booked, you know, or like, or work. That's like, I guess for me, or I think a lot of artists, that's the goal. It's just yeah. keep doing your art steadily, you know? <laughs> so you want people to enjoy your art. And then when people enjoy your art and you're, you know, you're able to work, then you have to think, okay, what's next? You know, for some people, um, it's a hobby, which that's fine. But for me, I kind of want to take it, I want to make more than a hobby. Um, so yeah, you know, I want to make it a brand. I want to make it something that, that, um, there's only one pariah basically. And there literally is no other drag queen in the world is named pariah. I believe, <laughs> don't quote me on that, but I am the first one that comes up. Uh, it's on the air. So now you have like exactly. common law, copyright, yeah. trademark, whatever it's yes. called. Um, I'm not a lawyer. Um, but I also think that like, it's. I don't know. It's really interesting. I feel like there are so many parallels because like what you're saying relates so directly to like the journey of so many people who are just like straight stand-ups or even like straight actors is like we're always working and trying to find that balance between like how much of myself am I going to commit to this and then like I feel like not that I'm relating to this personally right now um, but like maybe somebody could be like uh, I don't know trying to like work to the point of like burnout because they're trying to like still do the day job while also like trying to make the dream job happen yeah. before it necessarily makes money and yeah, it's also cool the distinction between like art and making art for the sake of art versus like when do we decide that it is like valuable in a monetary way yeah yeah yeah, yeah i like everything you said i think for me like especially like recent like up in like up until the pandemic and then through the pandemic I think it was just me finding a lot of balance between like first like the little balance of like my day job 
and drag, like what you said, like I definitely had burnout. I, I, I burnt myself out, especially because I was at a job that I did not like. So I, I kind of compensated yeah. from, like, for, with that shitty job by um, taking as many bookings as possible um, and just, you know, doing just so many gigs and just burning myself out. Um, and then like trying to find the balance between like, you know, making money um, and working, but also like putting out good art. That's not like, that you're not like- Cringing um, it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and you're just yeah, yeah, and, 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 you're not, that, yeah, not, that, that you're not ashamed of, and that you're not like just doing shit that that you know that you know people will like, but you don't mm -hmm. like, you know, like because I, I feel like when we're doing stand up, there'll be sometimes that I would just say a joke just to get a laugh, and I'm like, mm -hmm. this is a stupid joke, and I shouldn't, you know, so stuff like that. And it's like so with drag, I kind of like that played it to like, oh, I'll just do a top forty number. Because then all these people will like it, you know? So. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that attitude is a little bit heightened just because, like, we're in the age of, like, the TikTok algorithm, which yeah. is, like, 100% about, like, literally do anything with this popular, like, sound in your background and, like, y you have the chance to go viral. But, um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. Also, just, like, talking about, like, you know, the art and, like, doing stuff you're proud of versus like what has a better chance of being like universally recepted yeah received I, I, that was like so the, the, yeah that was the best piece of advice that i got from this legend her name is christina kelly um she's a dc drag legend shout out um, christina kelly yeah so she was basically like do something do what you want to do like if they don't if the audience doesn't fucking like it fuck them like do what you want to do don't compensate, don't, um, what's the word? Um, yeah, just don't put your morals in check or don't put your art in check um, to, to please anyone. Just like do what you want to do. And that was like three years ago and I kind of went, I've been going with that ever since, so. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, awesome. How about it, Roz? I saw you taking a drink, so I figured that's when I would be like, you ask the next question. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Um, so let me see what which question we're on even though i don't know we jumped around i i'm very inspired by you right now pariah because uh, i can't stick to a script my art has to be free i love that though yeah yeah uh but no i also want to just say congratulations because you're getting booked all over the place and yeah. pariah okay here comes the obligatory sidebar shout out but pariah <laughs> Sidebar was open. Pariah uh, organized drag shows at Sidebar, and they're always amazing. Yeah. And so, like, part of me feels a little bit like a stage mom whenever, like, <laughs> I see you succeed or get booked Thank at a new you. place. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so speaking of that, um, quick plug for myself. So, in the bio, when I said Kennedy Center, that's this Saturday. So, if oh, anyone's listening, yeah. yeah if, if anyone's listening to this, come out to the Kennedy Center this Saturday. Um, yeah, so um, it's called the Wig Party. So it's actually all weekend. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But um, this Saturday, one to three is like, I don't know what the fuck to call it, but it's like, uh, like legendary children or something. So it's like up and coming people. And then that's one to three. And then seven to nine are like the legends. So um, Shakita Lee, um, who's a drag legend. Um, Sasha Adams, who's a legend. It's called, uh, I forgot, there's a couple of drag kings that are amazing that are performing. I can't remember everyone, but um, Betty, yeah. Betty Ohono, um, but yeah. But like, okay, since we're talking about it anyway, 
It's, um, remind me, is it pariahsinclair.com? They can yes. probably find the info for that. Yes. Go um, check actually, that out if you want to see the shows, which you should. Yes. The Kennedy Center is fucking awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah, yeah. congratulations. Yes, and, and just look, look up the wig party on Facebook. It's a whole event. The okay. wig party on Facebook. Yes. It's okay. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm super excited. I just, the, I, I don't know. I'm such a, I'm, I'm kind of, I'll say back. I'm such a baggage. So like, <laughs> so like when I think of the Kennedy Center, I think of like Tina Turner and Beyonce. When did Beyonce like did the Tina the Tina Turner tribute? And like when um, you like, breathing uh, the same air as Beyonce. Yes, and when like we, and then when like Rita Franklin what like did like the tribute to the like, Carol King and she like wore that big coat. Like I just think of that. Like when I think of the Kennedy Center. So like yeah. the, the homosexual, the homosexual me is like freaking out right now. So yeah. <laughs> just enjoy like when you're in the green room, just be like, this is the same green room that Beyonce walked yes, yeah. And just like breathe it in, breathe in the essence. Yeah, no, but it's also crazy that like the fact that the Kennedy Center or something like that is like having, like is being this open with queer, queer like being queer, like a uh, queer space and it's long drag queens. Cause I, I don't think anyone would have ever thought that the Kennedy Center would be a place like like twenty years ago that drag queens would, would be performing there. Yeah. No, oh. it's awesome. Yeah. Like the strides that like that specific art form has made to being like a more universally and like traditionally respected genre in its own right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that is uh, so exciting. Um, yeah, and also I can tell like literally anyone. I can tell my my like, I mean, not like a grim, but my, my grandparents are dead. So like, fuck them. But like, I could tell like any older people, like oh, I'm performing at the Kennedy Center and they will know the Kennedy Center opposed yeah. to like, you know, I'm mean, not shitting sidebar, but like, no, you know, sidebar, like, you know, like this, this, uh, this, dive, this punk dive bar and um, across from the courthouse, you know, so. I'm not confident Travis's grandmother knew what the sidebar was called, so you're all good. <laughs> Which I love. I just want to say I love the sidebar. Um, that was my first show I ever like hosted and produced. Um, yeah. So and it, it gave me so many opportunities. So and it's amazing. I don't know the status of it, but I it would I would love to bring that back. Yeah. No. Um, we're there's nothing to announce yet, but I'll talk to you after the show. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> suspicious now <laughs> you don't get the exclusive I'm sorry well indulge me a little bit and switch to uh, so prior to the pandemic you participated in a library's drag queen story hour and you don't have to yes. say the name of the library if you don't want to but uh, you were targeted it. by the protesters <laughs> so what was the experience like and why was participating in the event important to you side note for people watching um, I'm really invested in this because I'm a librarian, <laughs> so I want to know. Which I think that's so funny to me because I think co comics have the weirdest fucking jobs. Like either either like <laughs> the weirdest jobs. I'm not saying a lot of librarian is weird, but like like either like the most like I don't want to say. Uh, I guess mundane, not mundane. What's the word? Um, like straight lace, the most straight lace jobs. <laughs> like you yeah. have like I don't I don't, I don't bunch of comics that are like teachers or lawyers. Or uh, doctors, I know doctors. doctors. <laughs> yeah, you know it's so it's, it's just funny. Um, uh, yeah, so that specific drag queen story time that was in Bel Air. So shocked, there were bigoted protesters there. Oh my god! So um, yeah, so it was at. Um, so it took place actually in this yoga. So we did it in the yoga studio. It obviously, it wasn't 
put on by the yoga studio, but it was in the yoga studio, studio in Bel Air. This was like two years ago. Yes, yeah, so this is this is Pride two years ago, um, which is crazy. Time goes so by, so by so fast. Um, what it, but what it was important because um, I had done um, upper, upper upper Chesapeake Pride like prior to that, like, like I think that same month, the month before that. And that was the first time like Harford County ever had a pride. So right. the, yeah, so the fact to like kind of extend that into going to Bel Air and to, do, to have a, the first drag queen story time ever there, I think that's really big. That's a really big mm-hmm. thing. And especially for children, because um, I mean, probably the reason why, I mean, people love to sexualize drag. Um, so that was probably the main issue, but ju- just to like, I like doing it just to be like, okay, yes, I'm a drag queen. I'm, I'm honestly just a big old clown reading a story to you right now. Or at least that's my drag. Not everyone's a clown, but my, my drag. I'm a... Well, I feel like I relate to that, but only because like, and I believe you also come from a more theater background, if I'm yes, not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. But like, also like, when I hear you use the word clown, I go to like the theater interpretation, which is like, it is literally like, you are trying to make a character out of like yourself and your yeah. vulnerabilities, which like still has the same effect. Like clowns, like for kids, they yeah. it's hilarious. Uh, but like a lot of it is like underneath that concept of like it's got to be funny and also true kind yeah. of thing. So kind of yeah. based in reality sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm glad that you can get what I mean by clown because like, I don't literally mean like fucking um the bozos. Bozo or like the McDonald's clown, like I mean, like yeah, a theatrical, like, yeah, like a theatrical type of like. I just want to make you laugh. I want to entertain you. Um, but yeah, it just it's good, especially like more than that. It's the fact that like all those people there are like open-minded, um, respectful people, and the fact that like these these parents are like you know taking their kids to this, and like that. Hopefully, knock on wood, that like. They're not going to turn into bigots like most people in Bel Air. So if they do, it yeah. will not be a result from your show. Exactly. <laughs> but I will say the best thing about that um, Dragon Story Time is that I had my own protesters and my own like jingle, which they probably didn't mean it as a jingle, but it was a jingle. Yeah. So, yeah. Can we please hear the jingle? Yeah. So, um, so it was Pariah Sinclair. We see you in there. We do. We don't want your illness here in Bel Air. <laughs> So that is probably one of the gayest things that I've heard. And um, are you yeah. feeling better, by the way? <laughs> yes. And the fact that they one took the time to let so that there was a lot of preparation for this. They let they let people know that they were going to be there. They they made signs and they came together and they probably had a whole writing session, like a whole like brainstorm session. <laughs> Um, which like, like is at the end of the day what we want to do like we want to inspire yeah. creative minds exactly so <laughs> i i art. yeah so i inspired some art so I, that's <laughs> at the end of the day I, um, I will say i mean we yeah, we that. did get to see what happens when you take queerness out of poetry writing and <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we see the need for it now yeah <laughs> we, we need some queerness in poetry actually yeah. and <laughs> and like it's it's funny like it was it was funny at the end of the day because it's like i ended up one laughing at y'all 
Two, I made a number out of it. And three, I made money off of it. So, Like literally yeah. profit in every possible way. Yeah, no, I literally profited it in every single way. And also I got like um, a good amount of like Instagram and Facebook views out of it. So yeah. Publicity. Yeah. Publicity, so. yeah, exactly. So I also want to say, and I won't go too into it because I know yeah. it's probably like a niche question for somebody like myself who's specifically like, a librarian but like part of what i feel like is so ironic about it the protesters being there is that like they're coming to a library it's like they advertise that this event was happening and it's like if they didn't want to see it they could just not come and of all places to protest it a library which is literally like their entire mission is like freedom of information and like yeah. no we're not gonna like censor what you read or what you watch yeah. or what you consume yet this is where people like think that it is but i do think that like there's also maybe a parallel there with like also the purveying like cancel culture that's coming up in like more traditional comedy uh realms where they're also kind of claiming like you can't censor me just because my act is 90 percent hate speech but like well, can we talk about that yeah, that's not, yeah. Oh, oh, i want to talk about that but yeah do it to you about yeah no that was that was the lead-in whatever your yeah. thoughts are yeah no i but um but also just in conversation about the, the protesters it's just it's just funny it's just like they really thought they did something yeah, like, you know, like especially when you put that much time, like you really, you they really thought they were gonna like intimidate me or something. But like, like I already made the decision to come up to Bel Air from Baltimore in in like a hair or makeup and like my dick between like my legs, so like or like being shoved up my ass. So yeah, like I already made, a, made that decision. Like in you four people, it also was four people. Like come to the army. Like, y'all have never heard strength in numbers. Like, come on. If y'all want to intimidate me, have, like, your, like, redneck like, uncles and, like, a pickup truck. Jesus. Yeah. And it's also... It's also, of... like, you're, like, seven feet tall in heels and a wig. Yeah. So, and I've seen you run down an alley in, like, platform <laughs> yeah. heels. So, if anyone's going to be intimidated, like, physically speaking, I feel like you could probably take four out, what I assume to be out of shape, uh, yeah. well, Aryan. And, and it's so funny you said that because I, I, I again knock on wood I am very grateful I've lived in Baltimore or lived in the city for oh let's say four years thank god I have not been mugged I have not been like robbed or anything and I swear I more think about it I'm like it has to be my height because I'm 6'4 I, and I, I'm that like, would intimidate I'm, me not that I'm yeah so I'm 6'4 build of like a robber yeah, so and it's funny because it's like I guess if you would see me from like I don't know twenty feet away, I guess I look intimidating. And then like the closer you get, you're just like, oh, no, he's not. Yeah, you know, uh, okay, he's yeah, he's yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I also know a lot of like really intimidating gay guys too, though. I'm like, he'll fuck <laughs> me up, and he'll also fuck me up. Exactly. <laughs> all and all of them are at the gym. <laughs> yeah, seven days a week. And you'll see all of their pictures on Instagram. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hear yeah. you. That's awesome. All right. You want to lead into the next one? Number four, Roz? Oh, number four. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Wait. I'm not organized today. I woke up from a nap before this. Okay. <laughs> but well, she's refreshed. Of... <laughs> <laughs> we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but, like, as, as a drag queen, like, you know, there's so many components to what you do. There's, like, 
hair and makeup and costume and you know the actual mm-hmm. performance and putting the mix together so like yeah. what's your creative process like and then when you're putting together like a number and then sub question when you're writing comedy is it similar or different so i will say in general it's very like i it sounds pretentious but like i have to be like inspired I know that sounds like a bit, but no, you, you that's real. Yeah, but it's true. Um, but yeah, like I'm literally just ins- like I'll like so I will say um, so with drag, I get inspired by a whole different types of stuff. So like musically inspires me. So like I I will give you an example. So I was literally working from home. And I, you know, from home means watching a lot of YouTube. So I was watching a YouTube video um, of advice about like the background of the of the song "A Thousand Miles," mm-hmm. um, the classic by Vanessa Carlton. Um, so I was watching that, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to do a number with that." So I created a mix like with that with that song, um, and it's so fucking stupid. It like it incorporates like that that video. I forgot his name. What's his name? Brandon something. Like you, you know the video where it's like, "Move, I'm gay." <laughs> and, like the guy in the office, like, throw, like yeah. throwing his paper. So it has that. It has a whole bunch of dumb shit in it. So like, I just get inspired by like what, like you know, whatever like art. Other art inspires me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, like YouTube or like songs or um, yeah, because like I guess like for other drag queens, they're really they're some are very inspired for like fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And that's not me. So I get more inspired <laughs> by like I'm more. Like, I start with like the performance, I guess, or like the concept of the performance. Yeah. And kind of, so it's like I guess like if you have a pyramid, so it's like it goes from like the performance, like the concept of the performance downward. So okay. it's like okay, so if I'm doing a thousand miles, like what would I wear? What like what would I wear for that? Yeah. What, more into what, like what, the pragmatic. Yeah. So it goes from like what I'm doing to what I'm wearing to add to that performance because I, I feel like. In general, theater inspires me because I yeah. I think of drag as theater. Like I'm, like, I come from it from that perspective. So yeah. it's like I'm putting on a show. I'm putting on a, like a, a little skit for people. Mm-hmm. So it starts from like the actual like art of it, and then the like me actually in drag is like the added elements of it. So like what I'm wearing, my hair, and everything that'll complement the number I'm doing. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because I'm never like, yeah, because I'm never like, oh, no, actually, I will say this. There are some some outfits or some, because obviously I've been doing drag for five years. Mm -hmm. I do like fashion somewhat. So there are some outfits that I'll see like, oh, I need to wear that. And then then, like I I found this like red kind of 80s business dress, um, sleeves and like a bow. So then I did like tell it to my heart by Taylor Dane. You know, that's, so, I mean, that's uh, you, you kind of have to, yeah. So it's like, so it's, yeah. So, but usually it's the concept of the performance downward. But there are some times where I see a full outfit or something where I'll, I see this wig that I have to wear and I'll make it, <laughs> I'll make it fit into a number somehow. Yeah. I feel like that's like kind of the cool thing about drag is like there's so many pieces to it that like you're in a way like your creative process could probably start from like any one of those pieces, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that there's, like, a lot of parallels, too, as far as, like, drag is, like, really, at the end of the day, like, a theatrical one-person show. Yeah. And stand-up, in a different way, is, like, 
I don't want to say like the lazy man's one person show, but it's like labor intensive in a different way where I feel like yeah. maybe the, and maybe you can tell me if this is not the case for you. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like stand up is more traditionally like, it's so focused on like the writing of it and like mm. so much so that like, Oh, if yeah. the writing is good enough, you don't have to do any theatrical. I'm gonna be kind of shady. Um, see, I thought I thought that when I started stand up, and then I would go to open mics, and I'd be like, "Oh, writing doesn't matter. I can just go on stage and talk about my dick for five minutes." I mean, that's what all yeah, the straight men. That, that's so that's all. The, that's what all the straight men were doing when I started stand up. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, that okay." Um, but to the second part of the question. Uh, stand up like so when it comes to because i'm i'm getting back into stand up but also like i feel like with with drag i kind of do i do i do audience work all the time oh like, yeah that's that, that's the gig for, for hosting shows like you're, you're doing crowd work yeah every time you host so i've gotten really really good at crowd work um but yeah with actually writing material for me now like i really can't force it like i really literally have to have something come to me which again sounds yeah. pretentious, pretentious as shit, but I really can't like sit down and write. Like I, I will have to like, it has to come to me, and then I'll go into like my like my iPhone Notes app, and then I'll and then and then I'll structure a step, which I literally, I literally did today at the Wawa at Wawa um, while I was pumping doing my a gas. show at the Wawa. Um. Yeah, cause, yeah, cause I'm like, yeah, cause I um, especially with stand up, I like I think of, I, I think of a lot of ideas in my head, and I yeah. like, kind of ruminate for a while so I kind of have the ideas I kind of have the jokes and then um I'll eventually like structure it and put it into um a whole thing because when I started drag no drag when I started stand up I would write my jokes word for word mm -hmm. and that was no don't do I mean <laughs> yeah. that does not work um so then I kind of like what, what like when I was do doing more stand up it worked it was more just like the thoughts or like the kind of punchlines of the joke and like you know what I'm saying or like just a general idea and I would kind of put it kind of like as an outline right so I kind of outline my set and then because I'm I, I feel like I'm a much better improver than anything like improv is kind of like what I like really excel in and with drag that's like if you're not if you're not good at improv good I don't know don't how, do drag <laughs> yeah honestly um, well, honestly, yeah, it's, uh, it's also making the argument that, like, it sounds like I need to do drag because the thing I talk about constantly on the show when we talk about, like, comedy and the writing process is that I'm the opposite. I do need to write every word down verbatim, and that <laughs> works for me for now, and I also hate crowd work, but maybe <laughs> drag is how I, like, get into crowd work, so everybody watching, uh, throw what you think my drag name should be into the comments. Let's try that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but again, like, that's why I love art, is because so many people have different ways of coming about it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I would get so in my head um, when I did stand up, um, and yeah, so I think like me, and also I would say drag has helped me a lot with stand up, but also back it up, I was 20 when I started stand up. Yeah. Like, like I was such a like angsty little shit when I started stand up. <laughs> so like I'm so happy that now I'm 26, where I'm like obviously I still like you know I'm not. You're, not you're still, I'm still I'm still not an adult, but I um, <laughs> you know, but I I'm still I'm more out of my head. My head's slowly out of my ass. So yeah. I'm like you know it's it, I'm a, I'm in a different mind. I'm in a different head uh, headspace now. Mm -hmm. um, six years, you know. So that's, yeah. So all saying that 
if you're in Philly on June 13th, I will be at what they're calling Pridezilla. Uh, oh. And I'll be doing a set there. I know, right? Uh, but um, yeah, I'll be doing a set um, for Pridezilla in drag. So yeah. That's You're awesome. really getting multi-city these days. That's awesome. So, okay, so I, yeah, I'm trying. So, <laughs> like, I was like before COVID, I was on a, like very like up, upstream of like um, traveling and doing more stuff, and then obviously COVID hit, and you know we're all doing this now. So, <laughs> um, but now I'm like slowly um, getting back into traveling. It's just, I definitely like for me, I want to take my time with getting back into traveling because literally every single every single city in general is getting their shit together but especially with drag that each city's getting their shit together and i'm like i want to i don't know like i want to take my i i don't want to be in you know i don't want to be every other girl in every person's inbox asking for a gig yeah. so i just want to take some time and like if, if something happens so like um as i'm saying this like pridezilla do, do you know gray west He's a comic. Ooh, the name actually rings a bell. I yeah, I would have to com- like see a pic probably. Yeah, he's a comic in DC. Uh, anyway, he um he like um check him out next week on laughing into the void. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He gave me the um he sent me the link for the Pridezilla. So um yeah, networking obviously networking helps as well. So yeah, which I feel like has at least in my experience experience been uh, enhanced by. The move to like a virtual platform like we're kind of talking to people in states and countries we wouldn't have been able to normally um whether or not that will translate to something live at some point remains to be seen keep an eye out people but um i also just like <laughs> want to acknowledge like how relatable the thing is that you said earlier because before we move too far away from it but like that is like essentially the creative process too. what you mentioned as far as like you're fucking stuck at a Wawa and then it like, <laughs> hits you and there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to yeah. like, get out your notebook if you have one or like a piece of toilet paper and write it down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, but also like I realized like, now because like there was a period like when I started seeing up, I, I kind of had the same type of thing that would happen. But then there was a while where like, I, I just wasn't inspired. It, you know, I, I, I wasn't really thinking about stand up. I, you know, but now I'm like actively thinking about stand up and like, um you know thinking of bits and thinking of stuff so i'm like okay if i'm you know subconsciously thinking about the stuff then i'm just like let me go with it um but i have a question for you um as a stand-up so how are how are virtual stand-up shows oh man well i'll give you the first half of my thesis (laughs) (laughs) district comedy has a virtual stand-up i know i saw that and i think i want to do it because i need to practice my material for philly so well a great place would be the TBNJ Open Mic, which you can visit slash tbj uh, if you want to sign up. But no, uh, so the thing with like virtual comedy is that like I hate to say it, but like I agree, like people are like it's not the same. You don't have the direct connection with people, and. Yeah, I kind of miss that. But also the trade-off for not having to commute and to, like, pay for parking to go into, like, fucking D.C. to do a five-minute set and then feel obligated to stay for the next three and a half hours while everybody else finishes theirs is, like, priceless in and of itself. And also I feel like, um, at least from what I've observed, not that I was, like, big on the stand-up scene when it was, like, live and not in a pandemic, but, like, just from the people that I've met by, like, doing the shows that I produce and doing other open mics, it is much more diverse and inclusive than what 
I saw at live mics. Like, live mics, I mostly saw straight white guys, which, like, no hate to straight white guys, but also All the hate. Pride Month. All uh, the hate to straight white guys. God damn, they're awful. But, um, but like, so yeah. Yeah. You guys oh. don't have to date them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some, some gay guys do date them. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's true, the whole yeah. thing. Um, Best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, so for virtual mics, do you hear the laughter? Do you hear people like, laugh? In mine, you do. I know that there are like some people, and I don't know if it's because like they don't want to stress themselves out with like using the spotlight feature, but like yeah. if you just leave it in speaker view, the laughs will like turn the camera away from the act to whoever's laughing the loudest. Gotcha. So I think that's why some people mute it. I really don't honestly know why, because like I don't know what I would do if I could not like be able to hear people's laughter during yeah. the virtual mics that we do. So I'm really glad that I am able to navigate the spotlight feature of Zoom, because that's another thing is that like everybody's on Zoom, but just kind of going back to the other part of that, it's just like, yeah, just like people who are either in a different place geographically or like ability wise or just like financially can't afford to do stand up. I think the virtual has been a great option for them. Yeah. But then we're going to cool. like end it and make it about you again. Cause I feel like people try and trick <laughs> me on this show where they're like, Oh, now I'm just going to like pretend I'm answering your question. And like, I appreciate that you're like very, very transparent about it, but we've had people who are like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to, Pretend like I'm answering your question and actually secretly start interviewing you. Uh, oh no, I don't like, want I see to. What I, you're doing, but I'm also no, vain. Because <laughs> wait, I'm gonna turn it about me. It's gonna be about me in a couple seconds. Yeah, um, but yeah, because that's the thing. Like that was part of it. What? Why I haven't done? I didn't do stand up until now. Because one, the virtual drag was awful. The virtual <laughs> drag was not fun. So doing um, virtual stand up was like, oh, so that's like virtual drag, but I can't hear. The people. I was like, oh, that sounds awful. But also, we were in a pandemic and I wasn't inspired <laughs> to fucking write yeah. jokes. Yeah. Um, which, which is also I, like something that's fair. Yeah. Like, also, like, if you're not doing virtual comedy, I'm also super sympathetic to the fact that, like, a lot of people, like, is nothing really even to do with the virtual platform and more has to do with, like, not being fucking inspired to make people laugh because everybody's yeah. dying. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I give it up for everyone that was doing that, but I was like, yeah, I, that, as, as I said, like, I've, I've just now been inspired to write because it's been, like, a year and a half. And obviously, for me, like, you obviously, when you're doing stand-up now, you, you have to address for, you know, the, the big old fucking elephant in the room. But yeah. now I'm at a point where I can spit it and not make it so fucking depressing, you know? Yeah. 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 Like, this is the first time I've felt joy in a while. I yeah. can finally make other people laugh. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. that's uh, that's awesome, too. Because um, we need to stop also pushing our creatives to be fucking producing all the time no matter what their life circumstance because like the pandemic's one thing i feel like that was like a universal parallel but it's also like that whole freelance culture where like you you gotta hustle no matter what's going on in your life when you're an artist and yeah it just fucking sucks because sometimes it's not there yeah. yeah. This is a depressing episode. <laughs> no, but no, I relate to that. I think every 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 artist relates to that because like when the pandemic first started, because obviously mm -hmm. when it first started in March 2020, we did not know how long it was gonna be for. Yeah. So I think a lot of us were like, oh, it's gonna be like what, three, four months, maybe the summer. 
but then it wasn't. So it's like when when it first happened, everyone went to the fucking um, Instagram live. Everyone yeah. was doing an Instagram live show. Yeah. Everyone was doing something. I was just getting in drag just to get in drag. But then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do something I actually want to do. So that's why I've like done my podcast. I've done stuff like I actually, I've taken the virtual drag and like done what I want to do with it. And I'm just doing what yeah. you know. And I also feel like that is something that we're learning about the virtual medium is that like, mm-hmm audio is stronger than visual just because like especially for a performance style like drag mm-hmm. like there's a lot of dance traditionally involved with that so like mm-hmm. you really need like a full body view i'm keeping an eye on your cat Roz. Um, no this is the good cat <laughs> oh okay good <laughs> yeah the other cat goes and attacks her uh in the middle of the podcast but uh, yeah my, cats, my, kid, my cat's right here but they're not looking at me so <laughs> <laughs> my cat's locked out of the closet because he doesn't know how to not be extra but um really also cool. like that's part of why like apps like clubhouse have kind of taken off too it's like can we oh my god oh, man yeah. can we talk about that let's talk so, about clubhouse yes this is the clubhouse sector of the uh, podcast what is, so i sponsor yeah. us um so i've had clubhouse i'll just say right now i don't ever use it anymore um Cause I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming you were on during the comedy groups. In yeah, the I like listening. I'm too shy. Okay. Aww. So, so I was. So I first when I first started on Clubhouse, I got in through uh, my friend. He's a big in like um, cannabis. So at first, I was in a bunch of like cannabis ones, <laughs> and then which was cool. Honestly, I, I think that's they, they were obviously cannabis people were chill. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then quickly. The gays found Clubhouse. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, a month or two months in the Clubhouse, I was going into these groups and they're like, oh, what's your biggest kink? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about sex right now. It is 10 a.m. in the morning. What are we doing? So I'll just say when the gays took over, it became very sexual. Um, and, and or about drag race, which... I mean, I'm cool, but I, I love Drag Race, but, like, I don't want to sit in a, in, a, in a group with a whole bunch of people that don't do drag, you know. Or also the plus on the other side of that with, like, Silky Nutmeg Ganache, who's in one of the rooms, and just being a fucking asshole. So, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I missed that story. <laughs> but also, uh, totally believe you. But, um, yeah, no, that's just been, like, something that like is i feel like a technological barrier that's like audio is like the best way to get into it like sans lag um yeah but also i'm oh, sorry i, I just want to end the clubhouse conversation i think the concept of clubhouse is so cool mm-hmm. i think it's a great networking tool but the execution of it i mean i haven't been on it in a couple months but the execution on it um yeah well, like, okay, so, like, from an app developer standpoint, what I can say is that, like, there's, like, an inherent appeal to, like, the amount of fucking notifications that I get. Like, it's, my phone's And that's why I had to delete it. That's, <laughs> oh, that's why I had to delete the app, because literally, any time, so anytime you get, you get pinged into a room, or any of your mutuals started a fucking thing, I, and also, you get pinged. That's awesome. <laughs> don't ping me. Just like fuck you, Tom. <laughs> and also, what, ha- what would happen is that you would get so many notifications on your phone, da, 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 and you would accidentally click the notifications, yeah. and that 
and now you're an admin of a room and then your speaker because so when you when you join a room your speaker is on yeah your default turn off my phone and think that i closed it and then turn oh, my phone keep on going. Later say, no, i've been a part of this room uh, my butt has been commenting the yes. whole time. um but also like there's the other clever thing that I thought they did from a marketing perspective and kind of an app perspective too was that like the whole exclusivity element of like you need to be invited by somebody else who's already in it kind of thing. It was exclusive for a month. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, and then everybody was like, "Hey, here's my Facebook post. Anybody who wants my four tickets, fucking exactly." And then, and then, and then, and then they exactly they started giving away um, passes to everyone. So then it was exclusive <laughs> for like literally a month, and yeah. then anyone, everyone was on it. Um, Which like if also I had been early enough in on it, like that would have been such a good idea for like Fancy Mike or like one of the showcases that we do yeah. to be like, "Oh yeah, if you." If you're one of the first five tickets to buy, you get a free clubhouse ticket. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It could have been something. No, it could have been something. I, I, con- I, I do. I mean, it is cool to to listen to like Tiffany Haddish. It's cool to listen to these mm-hmm. big celebrities. Like you, know, you just listen in. I had a friend who had like Chris Pratt. Yeah, like when you have people that are, you, you know, the people that are just in. Like I was in rooms with like Ricky Lake and like these like <laughs> random ass celebrities. You know, so that's cool, but also people are awful and people don't behave and people just, you know, you know, so it's a whole but it's good next good in theory, bad in execution. Yeah. Get him back to you, away from me <laughs> and away from Clubhouse. Although I'm glad I was able to talk about that with somebody because sometimes I mention Clubhouse to people and they're like, Oh what? What well, TikTok too? Yeah, because um, I, I think I haven't heard a lot about Clubhouse lately, so I think it kind of died. A little, I don't think it's dead, but I think it's like calmed down a little bit. Yeah, um, there's also like that symptom of like when an app first releases, the hype around it of it like getting viral. Now we're like, I think seeing where it'll be in the long term, like it's settled. Thank God, because Jesus <laughs> Christ, it was a lot for a bit. It was a lot, but also as a performer, I want to know. What would your advice be to someone who's starting out either trying to become a drag performer or trying to do stand-up? Uh, don't do it. I don't know, just kidding. Be a doctor. Literally, no. Um, no, honestly, that's honestly for drag. Um, you know, there, there's enough drag queens or drag performers. D- d- I don't know, take cross-stitch or something. I don't know. Um, no. Um, so advice for... Um, drag cross stitch. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Literally, me and my, me and my friends say all the time, like, I wish someone would just take up puzzle making. Like, there's too many fucking drag performers. Jesus. Um, no. So with um drag, I would say no, actually for stand up and for um for drag, I say I say this to my drag mom all the time. People need to work on themselves first before. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry to get very serious, but no. um, get, get your shit together as a person before you want to get on stage. Because especially if you want to do this more than a hobby, you're going to have to be semi-mentally stable. Um, Because it's a lot of fucking work. Um, Especially, honestly, both both are difficult in different ways. Um, I would, yeah. But I'll, let me speak to Jirak first. So yeah, I would say like, get your shit together, like like, on your like, your non-drag side. Um, and just be ready just to like work your ass off, be ready for judgment, be ready mm-hmm. for 
And that's just in general. That's not like from draft. That's just like just get ready for judgment because you're obviously going to have display. So just get ready for judgment. Yeah. Um, and then be open to criticism. Be open. Be especially with drag. Be open to advice because a lot of new drag performers are like, "This is my art. I'm displaying my art. I don't have to do this or this or this. This is my art." And I'm like, yeah. "Well, your art." Yeah, I mean that sucks, but like your your has room your, for improvement. Yeah, your art has room for improvement. But also, I mean, I think, I mean, like, I, when I started, I was a little like stubborn. But also, in general, coming from a theater background, you get criticized every single time. Not criticized, critiqued. That's the word. You get yeah. you get critiqued every single time you're on stage. Yeah. So it's like if you're not, and I know people that don't, that don't like to be critiqued, and I'm then like. Then then, then, then then fucking like what are you doing here <laughs> yeah then then, then then don't do live performance then, <laughs> yeah then, then get on make a youtube video turn off the comments and you know do that you know <laughs> yeah i totally get that especially like again like coming from a theatrical background it's like that's why i think that actors have a bit of an advantage as opposed to somebody coming from like completely neutral if they like wanted to pursue stand up or another like solo performance style is because like they are already like used to a situation of like not only are you getting critiqued all the time but mm -hmm. also like sometimes those critiques are coming from reviewers and those affect yeah. ticket sales which are like directly affecting your money yeah and that's like that's some harsh shit. You you stop being um, you know, sensitive real quick. But like it's, it's hard too because it's like you're doing a character again if it's like drag or like clowning and it's like mm. derived from your own personal experience. It's like to then take something that's so personal to you and then force yourself to like shift your mindset and be objective about it so you can accept criticism. It goes back to what you were saying about like you got to work on your own shit first and like be confident in who you are so that yeah. when yes. people come and uh, either critique you for it or attack you for it or i don't know coming at it with whatever perspective even compliments sometimes you just got to be like your own critic and like yeah. able to judge your own work yourself and, yeah, and, 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 and objectively you know um because because obviously like i feel like you could probably relate to this any artist also with drag, there are the best drag performers, I know the best drag performers that are the most absolutely awful people. <laughs> they're shit people. But the ones they get on stage, they're fucking amazing. But also, no one wants to fucking work with them. So it's like, but I, I, mean, I think that, that goes with any any medium. That goes with yeah. stand-up, that goes with... Oh, yeah. And like, to their testament, they're up front normally with who yeah. they are. Like, but, but I know what you're buying. But that's the, I would say with drag, with drag specifically, drag, a drag performer can get, can kind of get away with being an asshole because drag is so relying on yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're hosting, producing your own stuff, yeah, totally doing, all that, doing all that stuff yourself and you're selling out shows, but you're a shitty person, it doesn't fucking matter because people are coming to your shows, you're making money, you know, um, someone will work with you. So um, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing, because I was thinking about when, when you're an actor, it's it's there's pros and cons to everything, obviously. Mm -hmm. But with with acting, you're relying on someone else, which can be a good thing. It can be a good thing to rely on someone else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have trust issues like me, 
<laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know, because it, it's like, it's like, oh, like, um, when you're an actor, like, oh, I don't actually have to write this movie, direct this movie, um, do all, you know, I don't have to actually make the movie, I just have to audition for, I mean. I gotta um, say the lines. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah the it, which, which is obviously more than, more than I'm making out to be, but you, you just have to audition and, you know, eventually hopefully get, get a role. And then, yeah, but obviously in the age of Instagram and TikTok and all that shit, a lot of actors are their own um, creators, which I get so... Yeah, they got to, like, market themselves. It's another Yeah, which I get so happy um, when I see, like, an Instagram or TikTok or someone I love, and then they're on TV. It makes me so happy, because it's like, y'all fucking did it. You broke through yeah. like that, you know. Well, and yeah, there's also, like, a, I don't know, a stigma against people who get their, like fame from tiktok or another social media platform when it's like no this person is also like classically trained and equally yeah. talented as anybody who like got famous through like a movie or yeah. whatever yeah but they they're just it. better at marketing than yeah and they're smarter they're smarter <laughs> and they they fucking did the smart thing and they they use, they use an app that millions of people use and they they did the smart thing like so like i yeah like today like i um so, have y'all heard of Black um, Black Lady Ske Sketch Show? Mm -hmm. um, no, that's what it's called, right? Black Lady Sketch Show. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe. I don't know. What hold up, let me look. let me just share. I'm not butchering the name. Um, oh no, a Black Lady Sketch Show. It's on um, HBO. Oh okay. Oh um, my motherfucking um, ring like died. We love that. Okay. Oh no. Um, it's fine. Um, so yeah, Black Lady Sketch Show. It's an HBO um, amazing show. Anyway. Um, in one of the in one of the sketches, I, um, I, there was someone that was um, on an Instagram influencer oh, okay. th that had a role. Which it's funny, ironically, her whole Instagram page is about like um, kind of satir um, satirizing the, the, the audition process. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and somebody so, like, was like looking at it, and was like, you know what? I would cast you. Yeah. So, which is like dream happened. Yeah, which is equally as great as like your whole your whole gig was satirizing being an actor in like the audition process and how hard it is, and you were able to fucking do it. You know. What I'm hearing is that like the moral that I'm getting out of this interview is that like try the arts, and if you're a shitty person, produce your own stuff. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and here I am producing my own stuff. Um, but no, I. Uh, and if you're a shitty person and a shitty artist, go to therapy. Please go to therapy. Roz, I don't have the money for that right now. Um, um, yeah, if you're a shitty person and a shitty artist, just quit. I'm just kidding. But also, just quit. Just take up macrame. Yeah, take up macrame or something. Um, but yeah, but, but that's the other thing is that, like, and I, I, I can't speak to this for stand-up and drag, because um, obviously both are very popular, you know, yeah. and they're, um, you know, someone sees either of them, like, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I, oh, I, I can get on stage with a wig. Yeah. Oh, I can tell, I can talk, because I, when I did stand-up, there was, especially with the gays, oh my God, the gays think they're so funny, huh. you know, gay men specifically. Yeah. So, like, when I did stand-up, like, I definitely, like, I could tell people were like, oh, you do stand-up? And my worst, I, I feel like you get this too. Do you get what people are like, oh, tell me a joke? Yeah, yeah. Do you get that? And people ask to, 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 to like, tell you a, tell a yeah. joke? It's, yeah. It's awful. And then the, also the joke that you tell afterwards, no matter how many years you've had of practice, are, it's probably not going to be funny because you they're the judging you. Put on you. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and they're judging you and they want, yeah, you know. The, the... It's coming in with like 
expectations. Exactly. Stand-ups all do like management. Yeah. I actually like got so used to people saying that shit to me that I came up with a stock anti-comedy joke oh, that I on. use anytime someone says, tell me a joke. You ready for it? Yes, tell me a joke. Ask me if I'm a tree. Are you, Are a, you tree? a tree? No. it's great they it usually it encourages people to just stop talking to you all together yeah which is another benefit (laughs) also i just wish people would stop talking to me yes that's Uh, why i love the love the i mean the other side that's why i love the pandemic because people stop talking to me well like and the other side of performing (laughs) too is that like we also have an image of performers in our brain, whether it's stand-up or drag, where, like, the person then in real life is also as extroverted as their character is. And, like, at least speaking for myself, that is not the case. Like, yeah. as soon as this live stream is over, like, nobody <laughs> fucking talk to me. I'm gonna be mulling over every word that I've just said for the past hour and criticizing myself. I, you don't want to be there for it. But, like, I don't know. It's just interesting because, like, People are also so different from how they present. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that, that's especially true with drag performers, because obviously, I mean... Well, it, like, plays on, I feel like, yeah. whatever the norm is, which is, like, normally when you're presenting yourself to society in, like, a normal way, like, mm-hmm. it's normally to, like, hide whatever is, like, unique about yourself so that you don't get, like, pointed at and then, like ostracized or whatever and it kind of like flips it on his head and it's like this is what's unique about me and this is a good thing and this is a highlight yeah, uh, which totally. i feel like is a lot of where again i'm not the expert but for me when i watch drag that's a lot of where the power comes from yeah um, yeah it is it totally is um also i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt you i want to keep talking after the show's yeah. over but before we end as i said in the beginning we ask all of our guests the same first and last question. Yes. So at least I gotta ask you, uh, what's up next for you? Both uh, stuff that's coming up soon, like the Kennedy Center, yeah. um, but also like what maybe your long-term goals are. And we talked about this a little bit, but like maybe specifically, is it a comedy road you're going down? Is it more drag or where are we going to see you in five to 10 years? Yeah, um, so yeah, I'll go with like, what's right around the corner. So, um, look at my calendar because I'm so booked. <laughs> no. Um, and organized. And no, no, but I, I, I'm not booked. I am organized. Um, it's not so this, um, so this, I'll say this direct weekend. This Friday, I'm at the Baltimore Eagle um, from 7 to like 9.30. Um, this Friday, I'm at, no, Friday Eagle. Saturday, I'm at the Kennedy Center from 1 to 3. Um, the 13th, I'm at, I'm in Philly for Pridezilla. It is some comedy club I forgot the name of, but just look up Pridezilla on Facebook. And then Baltimore Pride is June 18th through the 20th. So um, there's not like an official, like, in my, like, the Baltimore um, Pride Center isn't putting on like an, an official in person Pride. So there will be no parade, there will be no block party like in other years, but my good friend of mine, Michelle, she's putting on this thing called Prideness at Sandlot on June 19th. Um, so um, I am hosting the 3 p.m. show. So that is June 19th. Um, it is called Prideness. It's through Sad Brunch. And oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's an acronym. I mean, Sundays are a drag. 
Um, yes, so um, yeah, June 19th, please come out to that. June 20th, Evan Brunch at Cowboy Row. But please follow me on Facebook um, and Instagram and my website for all that. Also, um, just to clarify, sorry. Yeah. Was the name Alani Nichelle? Yvonne. Oh, Yvonne. Yvonne Michelle. Yvonne okay, Michelle. No I talk very like, fast. I know her, but I don't. No, know. <laughs> I talk very fast. But yeah, Yvonne Michelle, look her up. Um, but yeah, Super so talented. the long term goal. So I would love to um, do, so like, I, so, so yeah, I do drag, like, I do stand up and drag. So I don't want to do stand up as Rami and I want to do stand up as Pariah. Um, so that's the goal. Um, so yeah, I, I want to, um, yeah, I want to do stand up. Like, I, I mean, obviously I don't want to do drag as well, but like my long-term goal is to like eventually like not perform like um, lip syncs as much. Okay. Um, that's not like, I like it. I, I love it. Um, but like but original that, works. Yeah, that's not really like my, that's not really like my bread and butter, so to speak. Like, I, I love um, hosting, I love producing, I love writing. Um, so yeah, I would love to do stand up and drag. Um, yeah, I would love to, that's, yeah, I guess with drag and stand up, I would love to do that. Uh, eventually tour with doing stand up and drag. But let's just focus first on touring with just drag, but um, touring with stand up and drag. Um, yeah, and in my podcast, I want to expand yes. my podcast. Um, we need to talk, which yes. is on my website. Um, yeah, so that is a link on my, on my website. Yeah, everybody check out pariahsinclair.com, right? Yes, pariahsinclair.com. And also my Venmo and Cash App are linked there too. So if and you, you have were, merch, you can get a shirt. Yeah, I have merch. I have merch with me sniffing poppers. So <laughs> please, um, on stage. So please buy that. I'm going to be... I'm going to be making new merch soon. Um, Which means he needs money, or she needs yeah. money for new poppers. Yeah, so with new poppers. Actually, <laughs> ran, so this is totally random, but um, on Saturday, I was at the Eagle, and my friend got bought me a, a bottle of poppers, and that was the nicest thing someone's oh, done for me in a while. like, oh, you get me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, that's awesome. But, um, yeah, but yeah, my podcast, that, that's something I also want to focus on as well. Um, and to, eventually taking that like doing um video content with that but i i need a fucking team for that to do that by myself it's really hard um, it is yeah so you know that so um i would love to do video content with involving my podcast but it is really hard so that's why i do like doing my podcast by itself because i can do everything like just me yeah. with like a mic my laptop and yeah. yeah, and Zoom and Audacity, like it, it. So, but yeah, I would love you know. And if I, if anyone wants to be my no, anyone wants to be my um, I, I'm a, my drag husband. That's what we call it. Um, drag. We call that an intern. Yeah, an intern, a drag husband, aka unpaid intern. If you want to become my um, my drag husband, um, please um, send me an email or DM me. Hit me up because I would. Greatly appreciate that. Um, but okay, no, yeah. tons of exposure. Yeah, and also my main goal, uh, well, future goal, to not have a fucking day job anymore, to do my art full time yeah. and to not stress about bills. So, Which, yeah. luckily, it sounds like you are probably like just on the precipice of being there with all the shows that you're doing now. I mean, like, you're doing Kennedy Center. You gotta be <laughs> like close to it. No, you would think, but no. <laughs> uh, but but also, I'm very lucky, very privileged. I work for the county government, 
So I don't want to give up their be those benefits just yet. So that's true. We'll probably, be, we'll probably be working for the county government for a few more years. Yeah, even when you're like living off of art, it's then like another level to get to like, and I have health insurance. Kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's so like that's, platinum standards. Exactly. Your artists more. <laughs> yeah, but but that's the thing with with, with um, drag in general because it's like we do all these like glamorous things like oh the Kennedy Center, but it's like a showcase. I'm doing one number. Um, uh, I'm getting paid like a flat rate. So it's like, oh yes, the Kennedy Center, but like, I'm not making Beyonce money. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So give her some Beyonce money. Yes, please give me some Beyonce, Beyonce money. You'll get tons of exposure from that. It's a great Oh yeah, venue. of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, see, a venue like that, I will do for exposure. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, don't that... listen to this Kennedy Center. You should still pay them. Yeah. Like... Oh, no, I'm getting paid, but like, yeah. but that'll do for exposure, but I won't do like your little chicken shit gig at a bar for exposure. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. obviously, yeah. As a, I mean, that thing is an artist. It's indicative that you're doing pretty good. Like, be able to like pick and choose the gigs would be like a good goal for somebody like that's myself like the moral... who's not as ambitious. Yeah, that's what I learned so much. Of, like before before the pandemic, throughout the pandemic, is like oh I can pick and choose what I can do. I don't want to say yes to anything. Yeah, so. you gotta Absolutely. you gotta make sure you're always representing the brand. But yes, uh, the brand. Means... Oh, sorry. That being said, um. That's all the time we have for today, and it's been so good talking to you. I hope you can hang out for a little bit after. Yes. I still got thoughts, um, yeah. but I want to thank you, Pariah, for being such a great guest and for hanging out yeah. with us. And you can find her on Instagram at Pariah underscore Sinclair or at her website PariahSinclair.com. Thank you, Roz, for being such a great co-host as always. Woo! Thank you, uh, and big thanks to you, our audience. Uh, both of you out there, wherever you are, <laughs> for watching the program. If you enjoyed the stream, please consider making a donation at districtcomedy.io. Or I'll also say, uh, support the stream by supporting guests like Pariah Sinclair and buy some of her merch yeah. if you want to, you know, have a shirt of her doing papas. Uh, yes. But um, tune in next week as we interview a comedian and have a great night. Goodbye. Bye.